When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today to do our driver ratings. Never controversial, always factual, never opinion-based, Tommy. We are right and everyone else is wrong. This is what this series is all about. Hey, Tommy. It is. It's showing off our wheel knowledge. Um, And yeah, everyone loves this series, don't they? They do. Always agree they do. with Look, our opinions. Opinions are just that. It's a good bit of fun. And numbers are also subjective. A five for you might be different to a five somewhere exactly. else. Anyway, before we dive into the F1 driver ratings, we've got a little five-star review to share. And if you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know why you love this podcast. It helps us out massively. Uh, this one comes in from I- Irish Sticky from Ireland, surprisingly. This podcast is brilliant as it really offers interesting opinions from fans who you can tell are passionate and knowledgeable about the sport. Also, I remember before the summer break that you talked about how brilliant the 2023 season would be without Red Bull. Please make an updated version of this at the end of the season as there would have been so many great moments from the second half of the season already. Don't worry, we are well ahead of you, Irish sticky sticky. We'll need content, so I'm sure that will happen. Oh, that (laughs) off-season content going to hit like crack, Tommy, isn't it? It's going to be unbelievable. Right. Oh, yeah. Let's get into the driver ratings and start with Logan Sargent. Okay, it's Logie Bear. Let's talk about him. Started the race in 19th because he did no laps and in the qualifying and uh, finished 16th. Retired on the last lap. Poor Logie. He was on for a solid P12, I think it was going to be, wasn't it? And um, mm. didn't go too well. Five out of 10 from me. For Logan, um, it, it wasn't actually that bad of a race for Logan. Like Albon was obviously in the in the fringes of the points, but Logan wasn't exactly in last place and four laps behind. So I'm going to go straight down the middle with a little five out of ten. I've also gone for a five out of ten for Logan. Uh, his qualifying was pretty disastrous, to say the least. It's pretty embarrassing not to get a single lap in. Then also get um, a penalty. Don't say it. Lando Norris fans do listen to this podcast, Tommy. Just be careful. All right, be careful. Well, it's true, they. Um, and then get the penalty for the yellow flag as well. Um, yeah, he had multiple runs uh, and didn't didn't make it work. So then, of course, in the race as well, um, fought up to 12th. But, yeah, uh, it's a shame. And I jinxed him big time as well because I was like, oh, Logan's actually finished 12th. That's not bad. And then he started plummeting down the order. Um, but he was never really on uh, Albon's pace uh, all weekend compared to what we saw in Cota. So, yeah, it's a decent-ish. It's, it's average, just unspectacular, it? it's just, I guess, yeah. It's just like, okay, you were there, you did a race, and you didn't score any points. You competed. Well done. You competed. Alex Albon now started the race in 14th and finished 9th. Gone for an 8 out of 10 for Alex Albon. Um, 
mainly because, well, ninth place in a Williams a few years ago would have been like a 10 out of 10, but maybe it's just how good Alex Albon's driving, but it's almost kind of like normal now. <laughs> uh, three three times in a row. Uh, and just a, a solid, uh, you know, a, a good drive from Albon, as we've seen a lot, a lot this year. But of course, probably could have qualified better and then you never know maybe he could have uh done a little bit better because did have that amazing pace uh in free practice and it didn't appear and then of course uh some more track limit issues in quali yes he doesn't like uh track limits at all does he alex albon uh, i've gone for an eight out of ten as well i was dilly dallying between a seven and an eight uh, which is crazy to think because he's in a williams and he finished ninth but um it was more just the fact that I feel like there was maybe more on the table than the ninth place uh, if he had had that qualifying uh, go a little bit better. And the pace that he was showing in practice, it was kind of sending us down the river a little bit with uh, with the hopes and dreams of what Alex could achieve uh, at Mexico City, which is not something I don't think any of us expected to say uh, when we, we when we went into this weekend. Um, so yeah, I think 8 out of 10, it's, it's, a, it's a really solid drive. He was actually helped by the red flag uh, somewhat. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's good. It's a couple of points. It adds to the tally. But I don't know. I, I, I'm left wanting it's more. It's so difficult, though, because Logan's not been very good and he's a rookie. So, like, it, I'm kind of, no offence to Logan, but desperate to see someone alongside Alex that is competitive. And then you really, then we can really see how good Alban is because Williams has been rubbish for so long that a ninth feels amazing. But maybe maybe they should be finishing ninth. We don't, we don't know. Like that's the, and that is the beauty of Formula One, isn't it really? It certainly is. Now let's move on to Daniel Ricciardo. Started the race in fourth and finished seventh. It's a stone cold, straight out the fridge, cracked it open, 10 out of 10 for Daniel Ricciardo this weekend. P7, I mean, maybe we were dreaming of more. I certainly was uh, in terms of where he could finish. But I mean, realistically, he's in an Alpha Tauri, which was going into this weekend, the 10th fastest team in terms of constructors points over the course of this year. But an unbelievable weekend for Daniel. He's not long come back from his, his broken hand or wrist or bone in the something or other, which I don't fully understand. Um, but to, to drive the way he did this weekend, it was brilliant. He put up a fight when needed with Norris, but also didn't do anything silly, like unlike his teammate, and has moved Alpha Tauri to eighth in the standings. So there is no other grade that is deserved for Daniel than a 10. Yeah, it's got to be a 10 out of 10. I've also gone for that because it's incredible, like what he's done. Frank does not Frank? agree Could with that one. Frank, Frank, Frank wants some. Frank's one of those people on Twitter that just slanders Danny Rick and thinks he's one. Like, that was really. a seven, mate. Um, that was a seven out of ten at best. <laughs> overrated. Um, but no, his his qualifying was fantastic. Uh, it was always going to drop back a little bit uh, in the race as the quicker cars came through the pack. Uh, but almost got Russell as well at the end, which would have been uh, even, even better. But uh, it's still a ten out of ten drive because I think he extracted everything and more from that Alpha Tauri and what a time to do it as well. Absolutely. We love a bit of Danny Rick performing. Let's move on to his teammate now, Yuki Sonoda, who started the race in 18th due to his power unit being changed and finished in 12th. Gone for a 3 out of 10 for Yuki Sonoda. Um, 
he's had a bit of a a mare, to be fair. Um, his driver's actually good because, you know, he started last. Uh, you can't really judge his qualifying because essentially he played the team game uh, and, well, you know, did it well, towing Daniel Ricciardo. Um, not that I don't think he needed it because he qualified fourth anyway. Um, and then his recovery was good. And then it's just classic Yuki Sonoda where you could have settled for eighth um, and bagged some big old points on ninth or whatever it was. Um, but no, uh, had one moment with Piastri and then went, I'm going to try this again, even though it doesn't feel like it's actually on. So um, I know the track is clumsy and it, it kind of breeds clumsy moves. We've seen it so many times, but uh, it's still a, a big mistake from from Yuki when points were begging and there's, he's not got many of them this year. So it was a good chance to um, shoot Alpha Tauri up even more in the standings. It certainly was. It was a big opportunity to, um, you know, not be looking in the rear view mirror when it comes to the constructor standings. If uh, if Yuki had brought in a, a hall of points as well, I've gone for a two out of ten uh, for Yuki because I'm sort of judging and categorising my grade as if he DNF'd because it may as well have been. He went from a point scoring opportunity to a clumsy move on Piastri. Had a, a bit of a difficult uh, move earlier on in the race as well. We went over the grass and. And then, of course, had that contact with Piastri prior to then having more contact. And yeah, it's it was just impatient. It was not thinking about the long term consequences potentially of of throwing away a, a P8 or a P9 or whatever it might have been in the end. So for me, yeah, I'm going savage because it it's such an important race for AlphaTauri. They've not turned up hardly at all this year. They haven't turned up to this level at all in 2023. So they he needed to convert into some points being in that position. And it was yeah, going to be such a good drive, but he threw it away. So no zero points and, and a two out of 10 from me. Nico Hulkenberg started the race in 12th, finished 13th. Are our favourite time of the day talking about Haas? I've actually gone. Now I've actually gone for a seven out of ten for Nico Hulkenberg um, because he was driving like a lion. He was using that Haas in a way in which um, you know trying to just trying to just keep ahead with that straight line speed in P10. He had a train behind him. He didn't care. He was doing his absolute utmost in that horrible, horrible car. And to nearly score points, uh, I think deserves some credit. Uh, he's beating his teammate comprehensively again. And yeah, I I'm sick and tired of giving Haas five out of tens because we actually saw Nico Hulkenberg a little bit in the coverage and I'm giving him a seven. <laughs> I'm going for a seven. Yes, I am. Uh, I almost want to give him an eight just because I feel like he got... No, I'm going to give him an eight. Why not? Because I think he got everything he could out of that car. I'm still amazed that they put him... I love the way you're like, wow, one grade higher than yours. But eight's big. Eight's... <laughs> yeah, I know it's big, but, but also, like, the man's not going to get any better <laughs> this season because their, their car's washed. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he's had so many anom anonymous drives where you actually think he might have done all right. Uh, and this one, I think he was very unlucky not to, to hold on. And I'm very amazed, actually, that Haas put him on the mediums when their tie wear is awful and they wouldn't have just gone for hards 
They just went risky. Love it from them. They were like, screw it. If we go on a really like a softer compound attire, maybe the universe will do an Uno reverse card and actually be like, you're really good on them. Mm, Strats. But yeah, it's 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 an insane eight out of ten for for thirteenth, but they're my grade, so I don't. <laughs> they're <care>. my numbers. <laughs> you can <laughs> insert it's comment a good drive, I think. Kevin Magnuson now started sixteenth and did not. Finish. I have gone for a whopping three out of ten for Kevin Magnuson. Uh, qualified badly again, and then Frank does not like um, K Mag getting three out of ten. He's Frank, whining. What's wrong with him? Does he's, he want to be on the podcast? What's yeah, what's I what's going on? Come on, Frank. Just hold him. him. You know what I mean? Because it, it kind of sounded a little bit like a squeaky door. How much he was complaining. Now he's yeah, licking your did. face. So anyway, carry okay. on. Oh, he's, he's bored of you. Right, he's get bored of you. Out. He, he is. He's bored of our drive ratings already. Um, Kevin Magnuson, three out of ten. Yes, uh, I don't. Uh, it's far too coincidental that he absolutely yeeted it over that uh, curb and on the bumpy runoff and got all those marbles and then had a suspension failure. Surely that's related. You know, one one lap later is it's a massive coincidence if it isn't because um, he really kept his foot in uh, in that. And just didn't have any pace uh, either compared to his teammate. Uh, and, yeah, just not good at all. Certainly not. I've gone for a three out of ten as well for K-Mag. Um, obviously, I haven't done the forensics on the car, but I will ha- very much confidently say that that was due to uh, his small error, which then turned into a large error when he decided that I will keep my foot flat to the floor whilst not actually on the track. And I don't think he probably realised just how bumpy that might have been uh, to the left of the kerb. But um, he found out very quickly when he was um, going 150 miles an hour at that point. Um, Yeah, so disappointing again. It's just literally Control-C, Control-V for for K-Mag each weekend. We're hardly seeing any kind of potential from him. Um, And I want to see Ollie Behrman in the car now after his FP1 performance. Uh, I was going to say, the weekend where we actually saw Behrman do a very good job on his first outing and it makes you wonder, uh, well, take off the bingo card of Kevin Magnussen signed too early uh, in this driver ratings thing. We say it every single time. And we'll keep saying it for the last... Actually, no, he's going to get Poland this week, so we'll, we'll see that in Brazil. Lance Stroll now started from the pit lane and did not finish. I've gone for a whopping three out of ten for Lance Stroll as well. Um, my goodness me, everything about Aston Martin's weekend has been terrible. Um, had a collision with Bottas, although obviously Bottas was the one to get the five-second penalty for that. Um, Have you watched that? Yes, in Forasol, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like, why has Bottas got a penalty there? It's just the nature of the circuit. Yeah. Like, they've penalised him for essentially trying to stay on the track rather than just bailing over the runoff. It's just literally a like, car I'm, park I, It's not there, Stroll's it? fault as well. Yeah. It, I, I'm not, I, it's not like it, Stroll should be a penalty, but it's like 100% a racing incident because Lance has got every right to go down the inside and take him caught napping, but it's such a clumsy corner that you can't get round it. And then Bottas had literally nowhere to go and just spun him round. Like, I think it's 
very harsh. Very harsh. Whatever. Thankfully for Valtteri, he didn't lose any uh, points-paying positions with that five-second penalty because Alfa Romeo decided to throw that down the toilet quite quickly from ninth and tenth on the grid. But we'll get on to them. But yeah, it's a three out of ten. Very, very poor from Aston Martin as a whole, and they were just meandering at the back. So they just were like, "Nah, we're gonna, we're just gonna retire the kill, mate." I've gone for a four out of ten for Lance Stroll. Um, get us an extra point because. For whatever reason, uh, I can't comprehend it as an Alonso fan, but he was, you know, made the move on him and got ahead. And that was a that was a switch. Quicker in they the race. switched. It was a yeah, switch. Yeah, let's, yeah, you know, yeah, come on. But as a Fernando fan, obviously... I thought you would have highlighted that. You know what I mean? Like just to protect your own feelings. <laughs> no, but it was. It obviously was a a switched uh, position. Uh, I think Lance is still driving the new spec car, isn't he? And and Fernando isn't. Um, but I guess that's a, a little uh, grade, but oh my God, what what is there more to say about Aston Martin? Just horrible. Hot ribble indeed. Fernando Alonso now started the race in 13th and did not finish. It's a four out of 10 for Fernando. Um, awful weekend. Uh, obviously, the car is so bad now, um, but the four out of 10 for me is also because he couldn't get anything out of it and you might just say that that that's just what it could do but he also had the odd spin we saw some uncharacteristic mistakes from him in practice in qualifying um yeah just just not not good at all for for fernando and uh he is plummeting down the drivers championship order it's already started happening he's behind science now and it's just going to slip further and further behind what do you mean he's level on points with a mate there's championship back on with three races to go fernando alonso straight out of the blocks pole in brazil what are you saying have some faith maybe have some faith <laughs> uh, i have gone for a three out of ten for fernando alonso as well uh i am absolutely i mean i'm not even a fernando alonso fanboy like you are but I'm disgusted to see them at the back. Like, it is an absolute travesty. And I feel like four is just giving them too much of a, no, you got away with this. No, three. What a terrible performance from just everyone at Aston Martin at the moment. What has happened? It's the most colossal downturn of performance. What We, we put all of our eggs in their basket at the start of the year. Oh, Aston are the only team we can rely on to take it to Red Bull. Now, Fernando Alonso is getting passed by Logan Sargent in a race. How has this happened to the supposed, according to you, Tommy, goat? Uh, I know, it's, it's awful. And also, and... whilst we're talking about him, we may as well just very briefly talk about the wildfire rumours that are going around uh, about Fernando Alonso and the fact that he is retiring, staying at Aston Martin, <laughs> going to Red Bull. Lawrence Stroll is selling Aston Martin... Well, that's the actual All kinds of crazy rumours. I've also the, read that Carlos Sainz is leaving is... Ferrari and that some, I mean, it's so much stuff going down and I think all of it is maybe tripe, but we will see. It sure is. Um, but yeah, the fact that uh, I do believe um, that it's maybe um, going to be a thing that Aston might get sold on, particularly if Lance is not not delivering. I love the way they've kind of had one go, uh, done quite well. If it, this does happen, yeah, they've had one go, done quite well. Lance has been a bit washed and Lawrence has been like, nah, you know what? Let's just pack it I've in. I've got a theory. Okay, right now. They thought they were going to win every single race at the start of the year because, and this is what I said at the beginning, 
that they've spent Ooh. £400 billion. Pounds. Lawrence sells the team, cost cap investigations go in. The new owners are like, oh, what a lovely place to be. Someone else's oh, problem. my God, you've spent £400 billion. Bless you, Tommy. And um, for audio listeners, he just needs to be with me. We want to see that. And Frank's now doing some weird um, gyrating motion. Um, but, uh, yeah, perhaps, you know, that is a wild theory from myself. And uh, we will have to wait and see as to whether Aston Martin did go over the cost cap. But that is very much just a, a, a stab in the dark from me. Valtteri Bottas started ninth, finished 15th. So four out of 10 for me from Valtteri Bottas. Uh, it should have been much better than it was. Bottas looked really quick in practice, left maybe a little bit on the table in qualifying. And then in the race, it was just horrendous. He had a bad start, got stuck behind Hulkenberg. And that just kind of ruined his race. Hulkenberg was just the train conductor and all the cars were just stuck behind him. Um, but, I mean, how have they finished? How have they qualified ninth and 10th and finished 15th and Zhuguanyu 14th? I will never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. Not good from Alpha. I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for, for Bottas. Um Straight down the middle, the classic Alfa Romeo score. Um, but yeah, he's um, should have done a lot better. Uh, maybe my biggest good surprise should have specifically stated that he will be a good surprise in qualifying and then Bottas won't be great in the race because especially when he gets stuck behind someone, we know that he's not one to make the, the daring lunge, although based on other drivers that maybe that was the best case anyway um but yeah just really bad weekend for for Alfa Romeo and they should have been scoring some big points after qualifying and instead they've dropped a position down in the championship crazy Zhe Guan Yu started 10th finished 14th again <laughs> five out of ten um just a average race uh good quality but not not the greatest race. Um, struggled for pace uh, in the actual race, but can't go lower than a five because he's not made like a catastrophic error or anything. Um, just didn't really have the pace. Well, I have gone lower than a five. I've gone four. Um, and that, this may seem harsh, uh, but the reason I'm giving both Bottas and uh, Zhou Guan Yu a four is because the potential's there and there's there's that sort of, you know, when we give them a five, usually it's like, ah, oh, well, Alfa Romeo, you know, they did the Alfa Romeo things, you know what I mean? They're, you know, they're just slow. Whereas this one, you're like, well, actually, there was an opportunity on the table and they did not take it with any hands, not even one hand, um, and you know, a really poor finishing position from both of them. Um, so that's why I'm going for a four out of ten. Oscar Piastri started seventh, finished eighth. My grade for Oscar Piastri is a six out of ten really sure what's going on with Oscar in these last few races. His, I know his race pace hasn't been on the same uh, level as Lando Norris anyway, but I feel as though it's almost tailing off even a little bit more. I mean, to be beaten by Lando, who obviously started 17th, and to be beaten by him quite comprehensively, it's not, not the best look for Piastri. I, think, I feel like he's maybe just gone off the boil a little bit uh, compared to what we've seen where... You know, Silverstone, for example, he was right there in the mix and you're thinking, oh my goodness me, the arrival. And he's had plenty of opportunities where he's not been too far off Lando. Um, but the last few haven't looked brilliant for Oscar, but still, you know, four points, finished eighth. Um, but when your teammate finishes fifth from starting at the back, not the best. 
Yeah, so I was going to give him a 7, but you've kind of convinced me that I think it is a 6 out of 10 performance because, yeah, for for him to start 7th, obviously a decent qualifying, but you you wonder where Lando might have been uh, in, the, in that position with, with how quick he was. Uh, and then also for to start 7th and finish 8th when Perez crashed and was out, your teammates starting right at the back, uh, you shouldn't be really losing positions. Um, and again, it is a case of what we've seen in the last few races after that that hype of uh, the Qatar weekend and stuff. Um, it just doesn't quite have that that race pace, does he, where uh, maybe it's tyre wear and things like that. It's just not quite on top of things yet. Uh, and yeah, it's, a, it's disappointing. Uh, it would be disappointing for him uh, after being the most hyped man in the world that he's kind of now had this run of races where he does all right and then uh, Lando's just sort of so much quicker in in terms of like a Grand Prix distance. Exactly, and that's where the points are scored. Lando Norris now started 17th and finished 5th. I have gone for a 9 out of 10 for Lando Norris. Um, Despite bottling qualifying, uh, his race was so good that he's still getting a nine, uh, even though his qualifying was so bad. And it's just um, a what might have been. Um, I do think, uh, yeah, he would have obviously finished higher in the race, but uh, it was an amazing recovery drive, had so much pace uh, and his moves as well on a track that's so difficult to pass. Um, he made the moves uh, very good as well. And I think just to just to talk about Lando a bit, a bit more um the thing that's impressing me most about him other than his race pace at the moment is how mature he is when he overtakes other cars he's like really respectful but also aggressive um and you saw so many different types of moves you know on a track that yeah you kind of almost feel like you have to breeze past in the drs he did that switch back on George Russell and went into an unusual corner and knew he'd have the traction. The Daniel Ricciardo one was really, really good when he went around the outside. And um, God, I really want him to get that first win now because uh, he's definitely good enough and he's worthy of being a, a race winner. But hopefully, hopefully soon. Fingers crossed, although I don't want him to win because then it means he's going to retire, apparently, according to him. And that's not what we want to see. Um, I have gone for an 8 out of 10 for Lando Norris um, because... It was self-inflicted, the qualifying. It's not like we can say, oh, it's because of a power unit or whatever. There was a mistake that Lando made and it caused him to be knocked out in Q1. Yes, he had the most unbelievable race, overtaking, beautiful stuff. They are slower cars around him. And I'm kind of putting myself in the situation of, you know, he's in the second fastest car. That's kind of what I would expect from Lando is to come through the field the way he did. Obviously, it was a level in which that we can all appreciate but I have to mark him down because of how far back he, he started. And then, of course, had a poor restart as well and dropped back down to 14th. So I, I don't think it was by anywhere near, obviously, a perfect weekend for Lando. And the thing for me is I can't give him a 9 or a 10 because I'm just thinking what could have been. And I genuinely think he would have been in the fight with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but instead, he's finishing fifth. And there are these moments, Qatar as well, where you just go, oh, but McLaren had a really good car. What could have been? And I don't, I don't want to constantly think that with Lando. And, and hopefully, you know, qualifying especially just seems to be a little bit of a, a weak point for him at the moment. 
um, you know, Oscar Piastri himself has been matching him in, in qualifying of, of recent as well. So I just want to see a, a, a good weekend from Lando in Brazil and let's see what can happen because uh, Interlagos does deliver a spicy, unexpected race uh, from time to time. So fingers crossed. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay, Pierre Gasly now started 11th, finished 11th. Uh, I'm going to go for a 6 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly. It was an okay weekend. Alpine were pretty slow for him to be just on the outskirts of the points. Um, Obviously not scoring in P11. Uh, it's a shame. Hulkenberg kind of ruined their race, I would say, quite quite dramatically with his fast Haas. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a little bit better than maybe expected after practice and and how Alpine were uh, looking like one of the slowest cars. Um, so yeah, unfortunate for Pierre and taking the Yuki Sonoda position of P11. <laughs> yeah, gone for a 7 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly. Uh, I think... 11th doesn't sound particularly exciting and we expect more from Alpine, but the reality is the Alpine is dreadful. So I think he's done a very good job. You know, smashed Ocon in qualifying. And then, yeah, uh, he was unlucky that uh, when he pitted, it was just before the red red flag came out. Um, And then, of course, uh, like you say, very unusual if uh, he did stay on that hard tyre for for that long, but he was obviously going to try and do something a bit a bit different, but uh, just end up ruining his race behind Hulkenberg. But I think he did a good job uh, with a, a pretty rubbish car, and I just think I need to accept that Alpine are just rubbish now, Damn. which is a shame to see. That is savage. Espan Ocon started 15th, finished 10th. I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Ocon as well, um, mainly because qualified worse, but finished ahead uh, in the race. Um Wanted to give him a six out of ten because of that uh, radio message, but I'll <laughs> him, uh, and give him a seven. <laughs> no, just joking. Uh, yeah, uh, he finally got past Hulkenberg, uh, but I just don't, just don't think the Alpine is very good. Um, and I think they're too, you know, if unspectacular. Like they're they're good good drivers, um, but not much they can do in that car. I've gone for a six out of ten uh, for Ocon um, again. An okay weekend. Uh, I, I am disappointed with how long it took him to overtake Hulkenberg after uh, the team radio message uh, that will go down in history, I think, as one of the strangest uh, things that's ever been broadcast on Formula One TV. Uh, but 
it's all good. It's all bants, isn't it, with Esty Bestie? I don't know if he's actually uh, clarified as to why he said that particular team radio or not. But um, yeah, 10th place, scored a point. I think him and Gasly were, were quite similarly paced, despite Esty Bestie's bad uh, qualifying performance. Um, so yeah, a pair of sixes for them. Lewis Hamilton now started sixth, finished second. I've gone for a nine out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton. Um, obviously not the best of qualifyings. Could have done a bit better, um, but managed to utilise what is quite clearly very good race pace in the Mercedes. But not just that. On his side of the garage, they're, they're, they're obviously doing very well. His teammate had a, a bit of a struggle bus time, I would say. So Lewis trounced George, if anything. Um, so it kind of just shows more about that individual performance from, from Lewis there. And, and I think a 9 out of 10 sort of quite nicely sums that up. He was, of course, you know, the closest thing we had to potentially getting a race with Verstappen, but he couldn't catch with those scrubbed mediums in that second part of the race. I've gone for a 9 out of 10 as well for Lewis Hamilton. Uh, his qualifying wasn't great, uh, but maybe that's just where... Uh, Mercedes are really um his race pace is phenomenal it's a it, he's been I'd say like a, yeah a little underrated this year of of how well he's done he's got uh his move on Leclerc was great um he's calculated he just was brilliant on his tires at the end uh, which I think has gone maybe a little bit unnoticed that you know he was on the medium his teammate was shredded his tires by the end they're on the same uh, medium tires and Hamilton's uh, doing a fantastic job and was even able to set the fastest lap of the race at the end, which just shows how well he'd kept his tires in. And yeah, um, not to sound like a Team LH fanboy, but I just think he is driving absolutely brilliantly and he's putting his uh, kind of almost embarrassing his teammate a little bit, which is pretty crazy, really, uh, for how highly rated George Russell is. Um, and yeah, again, Hamilton's just having an incredibly underrated season and I wouldn't put it past him finishing um, second in the championship now. Uh, it's de- very much game on. You've got to think what might have been without that, that DSQ. Yeah, well, what would have been right now is one point between them. Um, now it's 20, yeah. so it's still doable, uh, but I think it might take a, a couple more Perez um, shockers for that to, that to happen, although Brazil coming up. Uh, the predictions for that are going to be pretty spicy. So let's see uh, see what we come up with and, and what actually is delivered. Uh, but yeah, Hamilton, brilliant performance. George Russell now started eighth, finished sixth. Gone for a... No, I'm going to go for a four out of ten for George Russell. Um, I think he had a very mediocre race. Um, he's finished. <laughs> this is the thing, right? I know he's finished sixth, um, and I did see an interesting tweet that was basically like, if it was two George Russells in that car, we'd be saying, oh, the Mercedes aren't quite there. But Hamilton is delivering uh, and just putting in sensational races uh, and bagging a lot of points, um, where George Russell just seems to be really struggling at the moment. You know, we've had constant chat of like Lance Stroll and, and Perez and stuff, and I don't think George Russell for a second is that bad, but he has finished half a minute behind Hamilton in the race, which is something we were constantly like beating up Perez for. Um, to uh, There was something as well that, thankfully, because I think it has gone completely under the radar how bad of a season he's having and, and how bad that race was, because Sky were sort of 
hyping him up a little bit, being like, oh, George must be pretty happy with P6 and stuff. And thankfully, Jensen Button uh, saw sense and basically was like, well, no, he shouldn't be racing in Alpha Tauri's in the Mercedes that just finished second. Um, so, yeah, George is having a an absolute stinker. I'm just going to repeat what I said said last time. He really needs to to pick it up because we know what he can do. Like last year, he was so good um, and was like, wow, he's actually beaten Hamilton over season. Of course, going about these experimental steps and all that, but he got that win in Brazil, didn't he? Uh, and this year, we could well get to the end of the season and he's languishing in eighth in the championship and Hamilton's second. So it's not looking good. Uh, he needs to, hopefully it's just a, a blip and he's not getting on well with the car and he comes back fighting next year but it's it's not going well for George at the moment it certainly isn't I've gone for a five out of ten uh, for George it is weird you know you think of all these teammate rivalries I I don't know if it's just the way in which we view the world of Formula One but it's always like oh Charles Leclerc versus Carlos Sainz or Max Verstappen versus Sergio Perez or Lando Norris versus Oscar Piastri I feel like all of those are analysed quite heavily and yet the one that you you know you've said a few times now is that goes under the radar is George Russell versus Lewis Hamilton, and I think that if, if for whatever reason you know Mercedes managed to get quicker than than Red Bull, then perhaps that's when the spotlight would then be, be shone on them. But yeah, George is I don't know. It's, uh, he was mentioning about tire temperatures. He was complaining that you know the car just wasn't to his liking. He said that the pace uh, the stint at the end of the race was 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 horrible, but. At the same time, he was on the same tyre as what Lewis Hamilton was on and Hamilton managed to bag the fastest lap and finish P2. So there's plenty for George to learn, I think. And, you know, he's not under threat. His seat isn't and all that good stuff. But he can't be finishing that far behind Lewis Hamilton if he wants to be seen as the next, you know, big big that, thing, thing uh, when Hamilton me, right? retires. You know, Mercedes will want to look to put their, their eggs in George's basket. But... If he's going to continue this run of form up, that might not happen. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Maybe this is a podcast for a, for another day if it if it carries on. But yeah, that that's what I mean, right? If he if he has this season again next year compared to Hamilton, and then maybe again that when Hamilton does decide to hang up his boots, maybe they they sign a Charles Leclerc or a, or someone else to basically be like, well, maybe he's not we don't just put a number two driver in and George is number one um, because he might not prove it. But we know how good he can be. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of George Russell fans being like, oh, why do you hate George Russell? And he's just, I'm just factually stating that he's not having a very good season. And uh, I know he can turn it around because he is a very capable and good driver. So, um, and I think he will. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, he's a brilliant driver, you know, Mr. Saturday, all that good stuff. Um, but he is currently 69 points behind Lewis Hamilton in nice. the driver's standings. Good one. I mean, That's I a lot. I don't know if that was nicing my maths or nicing the number, but either or, we'll, we'll, we'll take it as <laughs> both. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he can pick it up. Of course, he's going back to uh, the, the Grand Prix where he won last time out. So... Otherwise, yeah, we would have had a, a much longer Red Bull winning streak if George hadn't have uh, won the one in, in Brazil. But we're, we're hyped. We are ready for Interlagos. Come on. Carlos Sainz now started second, finished fourth. I have gone for an eight out of ten for Carlos Sainz. Uh, he stayed out of trouble. Um, wasn't as quick as Leclerc. 
was actually quicker than Leclerc when Leclerc had a fully functioning front wing, which I found quite strange. He was actually slower when when uh, Leclerc had that end plate missing. Um, but you know, he wasn't looking to to particularly fight his teammate. I guess it makes sense as well not to because of the overheating issues that that Mexico um, has and, and the altitude and all that good stuff that you've heard many many times over the course of of uh, this weekend just gone by. Uh, but I, you know, to to stick it on the front row with with Charles has to be commended, and then to finish fourth, I think they've maximised what they could have done uh, in that Ferrari car that uh, does not like tyres. No, uh, gone for an eight out of ten as well. Uh, it's a good drive from Science, uh, of course. He went through that little stage of the season where uh, it looked like he was going to uh, beat Leclerc, and he's been a little bit behind, but it's it's marginal you know he's so close in qualifying which is obviously Leclerc's uh speciality uh and then in the race not too far off uh either as well so it's a solid result and I think that's what science does best and maybe uh has been a little underrated in that sense because you kind of look at the championship table and go oh science isn't as quick as Leclerc but he's one of those people that just bags points and and is really good um particularly now he's sort of got rid of those mistakes that he's, we saw at the start of the year. Like he's a really consistent driver uh, and that's kind of rewarded him with that position in the championship where you know he's now up to, up to fourth ahead of Alonso, which is uh, a very impressive feat. Now, I know I say this with a Ferrari hat in my background, but with Carlos Sainz's sort of upturn in performances, I think they are probably the strongest driver pairing in Formula One at the moment. Charles Leclerc obviously has yeah. that that raw speed and the amazing qualifying performances, but Carlos Sainz is right there with him as well. And if those two are firing on all cylinders and very similarly paced, that's, um, well, it, on one side it's great because Ferrari can pick up loads of points. On the other side, it then poses that whole theory that you say around, well, Mercedes don't want two drivers to be taking points off each other. Ferrari are now becoming this. And George Russell's like, nah, mate, I'm just going to be a number two for now. So uh, so Tommy doesn't think that we're <laughs> going to take points off each other. But it, it will be fascinating to see if Ferrari can take a leap forward and stop chewing up their tyres next year. Uh, if Sainz and Leclerc are similarly paced, what's going to happen? Because we haven't ha- These two haven't done the little, you know, they've had moments where it's been very close and they've gone, thing, oh, we, it's yeah. great racing. or oh, it was on the limit. But you do wonder when it will go over the limit. I can't believe it hasn't, to be fair. No, no, I me think, neither. I think as soon as science signed uh, signed the contract, we're like, this will happen at some point. Yeah. but We were convinced that was going to be one of the first things to happen, wasn't it? It was like, oh, yeah, yeah they're probably going to come together in the first few races. We've and... literally had a Hamilton-Russell crash before. Yeah. <laughs> a science and Leclerc one. So true. Charles Leclerc now started first, finished third. Gone for a 9 out of 10 for Charles. Uh, it's another brilliant performance. Um, rinse and repeat last time. I try not to sound like a broken record on these um, drive ratings, but uh, Charles is one of those drivers that has very similar races all the time where he's brilliant in qualifying and there's nothing he can do in the race. Uh, and I want to stress many times that while, you know, I'll stick stick the fact out there for a bit of banter just to just to annoy Matt like Leclerc is a very good <laughs> a very very good driver and he's got amazing pace and Keep going. it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a thing to basically be like oh he's rubbish because he 
he qualifies really well and then can't do anything in the race like he's not got the car to deliver in the race um so i think that's maybe they could have got second if they'd have done a bet, better strategy like the hard tires weren't working at the end but then well, you're not going to put a ferrari on a medium are you mate that, well equally <laughs> exactly if they'd gone medium we'd all be laughing i would be up like, in arms they'd probably offer yeah exactly they might have fallen off a cliff and we've been like what are you doing so yeah uh it's another it's another good drive from from charles just really good like just showing what what he can do uh and really do want to see him in a better car like i said with many other drivers like i want to see more people in the mix because charles is one of those people that is a is a really exciting driver you want an equal car championship don't you tell me i can see it <laughs> in your eyes uh i've gone for a nine out of ten as well for charles leclerc amazing qualifying performance i was so shell-shocked when charles went fastest and carlos was on the front row of the grid with them uh with him it was a brilliant performance from ferrari on a saturday but unfortunately as you've said could not do anything about uh i don't think i don't think second was on on either really for, against hamilton uh, i think mercedes just had some innate some more innate raw speed uh, and the fact that they were able to utilize those medium tires mercedes that is um i think that just put them at an advantage uh, against against the ferraris that didn't feel comfortable to to do that strategy and I'm still waiting even now uh, on a Monday at 7.56 in the evening as to when the crossover will be and the hard tyres will be quicker um, because that's what Xavi reckoned that it was going to be five laps, but it's been a little bit longer. So let's see. Um, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. We might even be waiting to Brazil. So let's see what happens. Sergio Perez started fifth and did not finish okay mexican fans you might want to turn off the podcast now or close your ears for the next two to three minutes i am giving sergio perez a one out of ten the only reason i'm giving him a one is because he was within one and a half tenths of max verstappen in qualifying after that it was um one of the strangest decisions you know just listening back to what he said around you know being on a podium but actually you know basically just wanted to go for it why some people are like i commend him for that what a what a commendable thing to just try and send it around the outside and take the lead from fifth on the grid how i see that is your seat is under threat whether you like it or not red bull are going to be thinking about their options whether it's for 24 or 25 or whatever just put a good performance in you don't have to beat max verstappen realistically if you take the lead there sergio are you going to beat max verstappen over the course of a 70 lap race Probably not. He's gone for it. It's not worked out. And unfortunately, he's getting the criticism because of it. If he had taken the lead, we would all be going, that is the greatest thing we've ever seen. But the problem is there was about a 5% chance of that actually working. And uh, and it didn't. I've gone for a 2 out of 10 for Sergio Perez. Um, yeah, would have been <laughs> kind of same logic, but like you mentioned at the start people's numbers mean different things and i would have given him like a one out of ten but as qualifying was obviously uh a lot better but that also in a way makes his first corner thing so stupid because he's finally sort of a bit more on it uh, and he was and it was a strange thing for him to say that afterwards being like well we know we're good now so it's fine but it's like you need to be making the most of that because you should be finishing P2 easily in the title. And it doesn't, you know, he's getting caught by Hamilton now. And 
yeah, it's it's a it's a really big error to to go for it. Of course, he wants his name up in lights and he wants to put on a show for for the crowd, but it would have been like he's not been on the podium for so long. It feels like at least was it Monza maybe, but even that, if you discount that, it's been what feels like absolutely ages. So, not had many podiums recently. Get on the podium in the Mexican Grand Prix. Had good pace this weekend just have a solid race but instead he sort of had that moment of madness and just misjudged it completely you know just turned in like they weren't there so not good yeah last five races eighth dnf tenth fourth dnf i mean it's it doesn't make for good reading uh, of course second in in monza as you say but yeah it's such a shame because I'm 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 just gutted for him because he should have just sat in third. Charles Leclerc would have been the easiest pickings of his life, and it would have been a Red Bull one-two, and he would have been on the Mexican podium. But instead, he was distraught in his garage, and it's just it's such a missed opportunity in my in my eyes. Max Verstappen started the race third and finished first for the sixteenth time this season. <laughs> It's a 10 out of 10 <gasps> for Max Verstappen. Oh, my God. Um, but joking aside, um, it was another brilliant performance. And I think what's most impressive about it is, and I see this a lot, uh, and we're maybe, ours is like banter, of course, but like a lot of people put it, put it on Twitter where they're just like, uh, I saw some people going like, oh, another Max win with no competition. Ah. Uh, and it's like, he's make like, He's making it look easy, which is almost like doing him a disservice because it's making people discredit what he's doing uh, and not really kind of see how well he's done. Because, you know, you, you look at that restart and you go, oh, well, of course he should have uh, should have been leading at turn one because third's the best place to start. So you get a really good slipstream and you take the lead. Did that. Then they had another restart where he was in first and it, and it should be like, oh, now he's going to drop back behind people. And he made that look incredibly easy as well and didn't look like anyone was even going to get anywhere near him. So he's basically had two different restarts in two different places and just made it look so, so easy. And I think that's what he does so well that we kind of sit here and just go, oh, well, it's 10 out of 10. He's got no competition and well, well done. Like, oh, it must be hard for you but he makes those difficult things actually look so easy, which yeah. is why we kind of almost like shrug it off. Exactly. And it's that's a conversation we have every single time we grade <laughs> Max Verstappen. I've also gone for a 10 out of 10. Um, but it's, 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 there's living proof up and down the grid that just because one teammate is doing well, doesn't mean it's a given that the other person is also going to do well in that car. You know, the car might be quick, but you have to be able to learn to extract that performance. And Max Verstappen is doing it at a level we've never seen before, hence why he's taken the win record with three races to go. And Sebastian Vettel fans, I, you probably don't want to listen to this, but if he wins the remaining three races this season, he will surpass uh, Sebastian Vettel's current win tally. He has 53. Max Verstappen is currently on 51. And Max is 26 years old. I know there are a few more races than, than there were previously, but still, that is an insane statistic. It is an insane one as well. And you've said this before many times, but, but, but the way he's dominating this year makes you feel like, oh, we're in this like Mercedes era again. This is the only full year where he's had a dominant car, like like fully dominant. 
Um, Which is a kind of scary um, thought, Tommy. It's a very scary thought. Because if he thought. has a dominant car for the next five years, Formula One's going to have three viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Grace. <laughs> and Frank. <laughs> and Frank. <laughs> Okay, yeah, cool. All right, I thought you were going to go on to a bit more good. Max Loving, but no, no worries. No. Right, who is our P1? My P1 is, my, is Dan Ricardo. God, and he said Max Verstappen. God, you're, you're brainwashing me, Tommy. Uh, my P1 is Daniel oh, Ricardo. It has to be. What a man. What a myth. What a legend. What a real, what a real, just genuine, gorgeous man. Well done, Daniel. <laughs> 10 out of 10. P1. Yes, makes me very happy to see uh, the... Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo show both 10 out of 10s, but I will also go for Daniel Ricciardo because, yeah, superb, silences critics. It's only one race, of course, um, but what a race. Uh, and I hope he continues um, this form because we know what, you know, he's a good driver and, and what he can do. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, I saw some people saying, like, could they even catch Williams now? It's a big ask, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. I know, I know, but do you know what I mean? Like it's it's almost gone from. I don't think you didn't feel like they were gonna catch anyone. To it's not out the question now that they could catch him. Is so it? thirteen points or something? Uh, it's twelve points between Williams and AlphaTauri. Yeah, one absolute banger, and it could change uh, change the tables. I guess we did write them off previously, so we can't write them off now. I expect them to be washed yeah. for the next three races, but it was just like an outlier. Yeah, yeah. But if it does happen, my goodness me, Danny Rick better be getting a bonus if it is him that obviously delivers. If it's Yuki, obviously he deserves a a nice chunk of that extra prize money. And that is it. We have finished our wrap-up content for the Mexico City Grand Prix, which means now we focus towards Brazil. Glorious. Into Lagos. I would have this track on the calendar 24 times out of 24. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are... Just hearing you say that makes me worried that it's going to be rubbish now. But I'm pretty sure we said that last no, it year. It can't be <laughs> delivered like the best. Yeah, it can't be. Brazil um, literally. It can't it be. It can't, can't be boring. awful because it's such a good track, and we've got uh, a sprint as well, which I'm not actually against. Um, yeah, to be fair, I'm actually I quite happy to see two qualifying sessions as well around Brazil because it's such a short lap and yeah. it should be a banger. Yeah, exactly. But not going to lie, I did enjoy. Um, doing driver ratings where my brain didn't have to go how am i going to grade this between sprint and race and all this kind of stuff um it was nice to just be able to be like he did good or he did bad well, rather than trying to like do you've this got that problem coming now tommy for this weekend I know, so. but i'll allow it because interlagos okay i'm glad you'll allow it thanks so much mate and that is it thank you everybody for watching and listening uh p1 live show tickets are still available if you want to go check them out manchester glasgow and london uh, link will be in the description on youtube and it'll also be uh in everywhere on our social media and all that good stuff so come along if you'd like to and we'll see you very soon bye, bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey! 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 